What is Truth? 9-11 Written by Greg Fernandez Jr. Narrated by Ryan Barry World Trade Center Explosions Bombs in the Lobby Shortly after the Twin Towers were struck by airplanes, but before the buildings collapsed, three firefighters were inside the lobby of the North Tower when the lobby completely collapsed. They heard multiple explosions going off in the building, and one firefighter described the aircraft that hit the South Tower at 9.03 a.m. as a black, very large airplane. In 2010, their eyewitness accounts were finally released by the National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST. After NIST was sued by the International Center for 9-11 Studies under the Freedom of Information Act, the video tells the true story of what these three firefighters witnessed before and after the South Tower was hit at 9.03 a.m. The radio in firefighter number one's hand, referred to as Jimmy G, isn't working. The camera catches Jimmy G's sunken head staring at the ground in disbelief. He and two fellow firefighters sit on a concrete ledge, covered in white dust in front of two parked fire trucks. Jimmy's nose is bloody with a thin coat of gray dust. It looks like something hit him in the face, possibly debris from the explosions in the lobby. Tell my sister I'm okay, he says towards the cameraman. Imagine yourself in these men's shoes as you read the following accounts of explosions going off on 9-11. What happened? Someone off-camera asks. We was in an explosion, firefighter number two answers, in the lobby, and during the third explosion, the whole lobby collapsed on us. As firefighter number two speaks, you can see Jimmy's upper body rocking back and forth as he sits and relives the nightmare he just experienced. What was it like? asks a female voice. She quickly repeats, What was it like? Horrible, answers firefighter number two. It was like hell, adds Jimmy. He lifts up his head, presumably looking towards the lady asking the question, with blood dripping from his swollen nose down to his chin. Jimmy's eyes widen as he adds, You don't want to know. Firefighter number two swings his left arm towards where the towers presumably are. The whole building just collapsed on us inside the North Tower lobby. A man's voice is heard asking, Was that a secondary explosion? Yes, it was, firefighter number two answers. Definitely a secondary explosion, because we was inside waiting to go upstairs, and on our way upstairs, the whole fucking thing blew up and just collapsed on everybody inside the lobby. Wiping himself with a bloody white cloth, Jimmy tosses the cloth aside and grabs his radio. He slaps his radio seven times as dust flies off his thick gloves. His radio isn't working. Faulty radios would be a major problem for firefighters inside the Twin Towers later that day. Firefighter number two goes on to say, Everybody was inside the building, waiting to go upstairs, and they just, they just let loose. Everything just let loose inside the building. A man asks, So what you're telling me is that there was a plane or whatever that hit the building, then a secondary explosion? Firefighter number two explains there was like three explosions after that. We came in after the fire, when the fire was going on already. We was in the staging area, inside the building waiting to go upstairs. Then the explosion, the whole lobby collapsed on the lobby inside. Jimmy hastily tries to communicate through his radio again, but is unsuccessful. His head droops down again. Standing off camera, the man asks firefighter number two to clarify if it was just mayhem after that. Firefighter number two tells him that everybody tried to make their way out. A lot of people was trapped inside. 
This is where firefighter number three comes into the picture. We watched the first explosion, he said calmly. As we're watching the building, I saw a black, very large airplane flying right into the second building. It came out at south, right in front of our eyes, just... Firefighter number three's eyes trail off into the distance. He appears to shake his head in disbelief. It was so surreal. It was like a movie set. Second and third explosions also, right? Someone asks. We were in the building for the th explosion. Collapsed. Firefighter number three tells him, I was on the drive here for the other one. A female asks, How many people are still back there? She asks this twice before firefighter number three responds. I beg your pardon? He looks over to Jimmy as if to clarify the exact numbers. I'd say about 50% of what the units were on scene. Lots of people in that building. Jimmy comes alive after a cup of water is handed to him. He spits it out, presumably to get the dust out of his lungs. He then explains to anyone with earshot, These people don't understand. There may be more. Any one of these fucking buildings can blow up. They ain't done yet. He continues to spit on the ground. You can hear him trying to clear the phlegm from his throat. Off-camera, firefighter number two says, It couldn't be no worse than this. We're in the building trying to help people, and then an explosion on the side of the building. So I don't think it will get any worse than this. It will get worse. All the above conversations happened before the Twin Towers were destroyed. Wired with Explosives The following information is based on the video 9-11 WTC2. We're not going any closer. They had it wired with explosives, obviously. Smoke rises from the Twin Towers. The white clouds of the North Tower curve like an umbrella over World Trade Center. A woman in a dark gray suit stands with one hand on her hip, examining the scene. In front of her is a wide street with a fence on each side. Many other citizens watch as both towers burn to the backdrop. One guy on the rollerblade skates past the camera, towards the smoking Twin Towers. Then the unthinkable happens. At 9.59 a.m., the South Tower collapses behind the North Tower. The cameraman moves to get a closer view as a lady runs away from the tower screaming, God, and almost runs into the cameraman. The man on the rollerblade stops and puts his hand on the fence at the South Tower, falling before the eyes of thousands of people. Will he skate towards the destruction while everyone else is running as far away as they can? Yes, he's the only one in this video that goes towards the dust clouds and slowly approaches the street. The people who were sitting on the bench nearby grab their backpacks and begin to flee the area with everyone else. The camera begins to walk towards the towers. Frankie, someone calls out, we'll call man number one. Man number one tells someone, presumably Frankie, we're not going in the place, you hear me? There is no audible rebuttal, just silence. A foreign-speaking reporter walks past the camera, towards the towers as the dust clouds continue to rise and expand throughout the surrounding area. Okay, the second tower has gone down, says a different, more firm voice. We'll call him man number two. We're not going any closer, says man number one. They had it wired for explosives, obviously. Obviously, there was a truck in there with explosives. We're not going any further. Then in seconds, it was like someone says, We're not going any closer than here. Man number one then says what sounds like, Our lives are the most important first. Agree? Man number one specifically mentions a truck filled with explosives, just like back in 1993, when explosives were placed in a small truck and detonated under the North Tower of the World Trade Center. Man number two reaffirms, this is really a coordinated attack. It has to be. Man number three then quickly relays, someone just told me that they attacked the Pentagon too? 
Once the cameraman started getting the reactions from the sobbing citizens, somebody already covering their mouths, man number one tells him, let me have the camera. The North Tower is still standing as the video ends. Explosions John Schroeder, New York City firefighter and 9-11 first responder, explained his version of what really happened that day while being interviewed for the documentary film Loose Change. So we were heading up to the 24th floor stairwell of the North Tower, and all of a sudden we heard Mayday, Mayday, second plane, second plane. We're looking at each other. Come on, second plane? There's no way there's a second plane. Within seconds, our building got rocked. We got bounced around in the stairwell like pinballs, man. And we just said, you know what? Time to go. We got down in the lobby and everything was blown out, exploded. We were the only ones in the lobby now. We're going to wait a second here. Where is everybody? But for the every window in the lobby to be exploded, I mean, those are windows. There were two, three inch glass. You know? Come on. They exploded out of the lobby? It wasn't from the jet fuel. No way. The elevation exploded. There was far away down. They were far away down from the lobby. The lobby was over here. That should never have happened. We came down. It looked like a bomb went off in the lobby. There was no fire. It just looked like a bomb went off. The oral histories of what happened on September 11, 2001 are voiced by firefighters, paramedics, and emergency technicians. There are many people who heard or thought they heard explosions going off inside the World Trade Center. Chief Frank Cruthers said there was what appeared to be a first explosion. Firefighter Kevin Gorman also heard the explosion, looked up, and saw like three floors explode, saw the antenna coming down. All of a sudden, it almost it sounded like a bomb going off said firefighter Thomas Torelli, like boom, 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 like seven or eight. As we were looking up at the building, said firefighter Joseph Miola, it looked like the building was blowing out on all four sides. We actually heard the pops, didn't realize it was falling. You heard the pops of the building. Fire Marshal John Murray believed the building didn't come down. It shot straight out over our heads, like straight across West Street. Firefighter William Reynolds was distracted by a large explosion from the South Tower. It seemed like fire was shooting out a couple hundred feet in each direction, maybe 20 floors below the impact area of the lane. It actually shook my bones. Louise Cook, paramedics, EMS. Shortly before the first tower came down, Emergency Medical Service Lieutenant Bradley Mann, I remember feeling the ground shaking. I heard a terrible noise, then debris just started flying everywhere. EMS Captain Karen DeShore described what she saw. With each popping sound, it was initially an orange and then red flash came on both of the buildings, and then would just go all around the building on both sides as far as I could see. These popping sounds and the explosions were getting bigger, going both up and down and then all around the building. Detective Thomas M. Inman also saw explosions at the North Tower. Suddenly, there was another loud boom at the upper floors. Then there was a series of smaller explosions which appeared to go completely around the building at the upper floors and then another loud earth-shattering blast with a large fireball, which blew out more debris, referring to the South Tower. When I looked in the direction of the Trade Center before it came down, before Number 2 came down, I saw low-level flashes. It's hard to believe a low-level flash was due to a pancake collapse, especially before the buildings pancaked. Firefighter Kenneth Rogers described the hearing explosions in the South Tower. Floor after floor after floor, one floor under another after another, and when it hit about the fifth floor, I figured it was a bomb, because it looked like a synchronized, deliberate kind of thing. Firefighter Timothy Julian heard like an explosion, and then cracking types of noise, and then it sounded like a freight train 
rumbling and picking up speed, and I remember I looked up and I saw it coming down. Fire Captain Dennis Tardio also heard explosions. It is as if the building is being imploded from the top floor down, one after another, boom, boom, boom. I stand there in amazement. I can't believe what I'm seeing. This building is coming down. Fire Marshal John Coyle first stated, I finally got through on my phone, and my father said, I'm alive. I just so narrowly escaped this thing, he said. Where were you? You were there? I said, yeah, I was there and when it blew up. He said, you were there when the planes hit. I said, no, I was there when it exploded. The building exploded. He said, you mean when it fell down? I said, no, when it exploded. Later, Fire Marshal Coyle changed the story. The tower was it. It looked to me. I thought it was exploding. Actually, what I thought for four hours afterwards, that it exploded or there had been some device on the plane that had exploded because the debris from the tower had shot out far over our heads. NYFD's Deputy Commissioner Thomas Fitzpatrick saw a puff of smoke coming from about two-thirds of the way up. Some people thought it was an explosion. It looked like a sparkling, one specific layers of the building, and the building started to come down. My initial reaction was this was exactly what it was like when they show you implosions on TV. Firefighter Craig Carlson claimed he heard about ten explosions before the South Tower collapsed perfectly straight down. You just heard explosions coming from Building 2, the South Tower. It seemed like it took forever, but then there was 10 explosions. We then realized the building started to come down. New York firefighter John Schroeder realized something's wrong here. When the elevators exploded in the lobbies of one of the towers, a plane just hit the Trade Center. There was a lady on fire right outside of the door. My buddy Ted Riviera had a can. He was putting her out. That might have saved his life. By the time we got around the corner to the west side, there was 30 floors of fire. So we're standing there in the lobby. We're getting it together. I looked down on my right and the elevators exploded. Some kind of like Bruce Willis Die Hard movie. People just come running out of the elevators on fire. Fireball. We were in there for maybe five minutes. Five minutes and the elevators exploded on us. Yeah, we said something's wrong here. The plane ended up on the 80th floor. I mean, in five minutes and all of a sudden now the elevators are exploding on the first level of the lobby? The following is a quote from Mayor Giuliani during an interview on September 11, 2001 with Peter Jennings on ABC News. I went down to the scene, Giuliani recounted, and we set up headquarters at 75 Barclay Street, which was right there with the police commissioner, the fire commissioner, and the head of emergency management, and we were operating out there when we were told that the World Trade Center was going to collapse and it did collapse before we could actually get out of the building. So we were trapped in the building for 10-15 minutes, and finally found an exit and got out, walked north, and took a few of the people with us. Who told Mayor Giuliani the World Trade Center was going to collapse? The only thing stranger than someone walking over dead bodies in WTC-7 on 9-11 would be a firefighter opening a closet door inside of one of the Twin Towers and finding a dead body. Why would a dead body be inside a closet in one of the towers? Firefighter John Schroeder was one of the last people to exit the towers after rescuing people inside. When he got down to the third floor of the stairwell, that's where the stairwell collapsed on us. Saying his final prayers, Schroeder and another lieutenant began looking for a stairwell to exit the building. They opened a door, finding a body in this closet. We're like, what the heck is that? Where did that come from? Something's crazy going on. Schroeder described watching the first plane hit. Almost instantly, there was 30 floors on fire. 
Along with other firefighters, Schroeder made his way to the lobby of the North Tower, where commanding officers were coordinating what to do next. Schroeder was ordered to team up with Engine 5 and start our way up to the North Tower stairwell, and he was preparing to go up the stairs. There was a loud explosion in the lobby. I looked down to my right and the elevators exploded. People were running out of the elevators into the lobby, on fire. Something wasn't right, Schroeder explained. I mean, the plane's up there. Now the fire's down here, in the lobby of the North Tower. Even with that happening, Schroeder and other brave firefighters still went up the North Tower stairwell. As we're going up the stairs, there's fire here, there's fire there. People burned up on different floors. There were seven fires on different floors with some people trapped on several floors of the North Tower. Still, Schroeder said people remained calm, thinking the firemen, you know what we knew? We weren't going to put the fire out. We were saying Hail Marys all the way up the stairs. They knew we were going to die. I said I'm never coming back here today. Schroeder was in the North Tower when the reports of a second plane came into the radio. Within seconds, our building got rocked, Schroeder continued. We got bounced around in the stairwell like pinballs, man. That was when the decision was made to exit the building. We got out as much people as we could. Most of the people were out. We were the last guys going up the stairs. When Schroeder and the other firefighters reached the third floor headed to the lobby, the stairwell collapsed on them. After digging their way out, the firefighters searched for another stairwell. That's when they discovered the dead body in the closet. Looking for an exit, veteran maintenance worker William Rodriguez was shining a flashlight that caught Schroeder's attention. William Rodriguez saved many lives that day, and one was firefighter John Schroeder, who was eternally grateful. The last man in the North Tower made it to the lobby. We got down to the lobby, Schroeder continued, and everything was blown out, exploded. Where was everybody? We're going, wait a second here, Schroeder recalled. Where is everybody? Because the building was coming down on the outside. They moved the command post of the World Trade Center to South Tower. Schroeder ended up diving in the river as the South Tower collapsed. The North Tower came down shortly after that. Schroeder made it clear. There was definitely a distinct time delay between the planes hitting and the elevators exploding. There was an explosion that came from under our feet. We were pushed upwards lightly by the effect. I was on the basement level 1, and it sounded like it came from basement 2 and basement 3 level. Rapidly after we heard the impact far away at the top, William Rodriguez. William Rodriguez worked at the World Trade Center for 19 years. On September 11th, he was one of the last people to exit the Twin Towers. Rodriguez bravely led firefighters through the emergency stairwell inside of one of the towers, unlocking doors as they ascended to the bottom of the building. He was the only worker on the site that had a master key to the North Tower. Structures of Steel The building was designed to have fully loaded 707 crash into it. That was the largest plane at the time. I believe that the building could possibly sustain multiple jetliner impacts because this structure is like the mosquito netting on your screen door. This intense grid and the jet plane is just a pencil puncturing the screen netting. Frank Martini, World Trade Center Construction Project Management Manager, recorded 125.01. Singer-songwriter and activist Willie Nelson believes, It's not a clear-cut situation. Never was to me. Is there a reason to investigate? Hell yeah. Those buildings were blown up internally. I'm not a smart guy, but I can see that. The idea of the World Trade Center became public information in 1943, and the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center were officially opened on April 4, 1973. Minoru Yamasaki became the lead architect for the World Trade Center project on September 20, 1962. 
the public finally saw the designs for his 110-story Twin Towers on January 18, 1964. Two giant rectangles would look down on New York City. Four additional low-rise buildings, WTC 2 through 6, would look up at the Twin Towers. A few years after the completion, one more building would be added to the World Trade Center project, World Trade Center 7. I learned a lot of valuable information from the architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth Organization. The organization was quick to point out why the Twin Towers and WTC-7 could not have fallen as the government claimed. We are to believe that within 10 seconds, after burning for an hour, a 110-story steel structure imploded straight down at free-fall speed, twice in one day. At first glance, I did not doubt the official theory. The Twin Towers had an internal core of 47 steel box columns, which measured 36 by 90 centimeters. The thickest steel in the buildings were 10 centimeters thick steel columns, located near the base of the building. The upper floors had a thickness of 6 centimeters. Each floor was a steel plate surrounded by concrete. In the center of each tower was reinforced cores, featuring four steel columns encased in concrete. The twin towers were designed to absorb the impact of a Boeing 707 commercial airliner. Hydrocarbons, jet fuel, cannot produce the temperatures capable of turning steel into molten. The third installment of the Loose Change documentary series, Loose Change, Final Cut, pointed out, when the Twin Towers came down, they released over 500 tons of pulverized asbestos into Lower Manhattan, along with lead, barium, mercury, chromium, copper, and several other toxic chemicals. 425,000 cubic yards of concrete as pulverized 600,000 square feet of glass is turned into dust. The Loose Change documentary series played a vital role in my asking questions about 9-11. Certainly other buildings had fallen like the Twin Towers, I assumed. Compare a controlled demolition to what happened on September 11, 2001, and you'll see the similarities yourself. The first Loose Change movie pointed out how on February 13th of 1975, there was three alarm fires between the 9th and 14th floor of the North Tower of the World Trade Center. This led to the installation of the sprinkler system inside the Twin Towers. On February 23, 1991, the Juan Meridian Plaza, a 38-story skyscraper in Philadelphia, burned for 18 hours across eight floors and did not collapse. On October 17, 2004, 56-story skyscraper in Carcass, Venezuela, built in 1976, burned for 17 hours and spread across 26 floors. The skyscraper did not collapse. To be fair, None of these buildings were hit by airplanes, so I'm not sure if the comparison is necessary for this topic. On September 11, 2001, two 110-story skyscrapers completed in 1973 burned for 56 minutes across eight floors and 103 minutes over five floors before collapsing to the ground. At 9.59 a.m., the South Tower fell in just 10 seconds. 29 minutes later, the North Tower also fell within 10 seconds. Later that same day at 5.20 p.m., World Trade Center 7, a 47-story high-rise building, collapsed in 7 seconds. There was at least two small pools of molten metal found under the rubble of the fallen towers. According to firefighters at the scene, the fires would not be fully extinguished until December 13, 2001. Director of the New York Department of Design and Construction, Kenneth Holden, said, Underground, it was still so hot that molten metal dripped down the sides of the wall from Building 6. In late 2001, Dr. Allison Gaith reported in the John Hopkins magazine, in some pockets now become uncovered, they are finding molten steel. 
Dr. Gay was sent to the World Trade Center with a team of public health investigators shortly after the terror attacks. Thermite is a mixture of aluminum powder and iron oxide. Enough thermite at 4,500 degrees Fahrenheit would prove hot enough to melt and perhaps evaporate any steel it encounters. When you mix sulfur with thermite, you accelerate the melting effect and get thermate. The FEMA report claims solidification was observed in steel samples from World Trade Center Building 7 and one of the Twin Towers. How did sulfur get there? According to the FEMA report, the specifics of the fire in WTC 7 and how they caused the building to collapse remain unknown at this time. Although the total diesel fuel on the premises contained massive potential energy, the best hypothesis, a collapse caused by diesel fuel-fed fire plus damage from debris, has only a low probability of occurrence. Further research, investigation, and analysis are needed to resolve this issue. Another mystery revolves around the way the building fell. A New York Times article pointed out, Videos of the North Tower's collapse appear to show that its television antenna began to drop a fraction of a second before the rest of the building. The observations suggest that the building's steel core somehow gave way first. How did the buildings fall in the rate of gravity? They fell in 10 seconds. You can stopwatch it. How can this be if you study physics? In physics, when a movable object hits one that's not moving, it's going to slow everything down. It's that simple, people. And yet these buildings were on the ground in 10 seconds. If you took a billiard ball and dropped it in a vacuum from the height of the World Trade Center, it would take 9.3 seconds to hit the ground. How could these buildings of steel and concrete land within seven-tenths of a second of a free-falling billiard ball? Jesse Ventura The interesting fact is that each of these 110-story twin towers fell upon itself in about 10 seconds at nearly free-fall speed. This violates Newton's law of conservation of momentum that would require that the stationary inertia of each floor is overcome by being hit. The mass increases and the free-fall speed decreases. The prevailing theory would have us believe that each of the Twin Towers inexplicably collapsed upon itself, crushing all 287 massive columns on each floor while maintaining a free-fall speed as if 100,000 or more tons of supporting structural steel framework underneath didn't exist. William Rice, March 1st, 2007, Vermont Guardian. This has been What is Truth? 9-11, written by Greg Fernandez Jr., Narrated by Ryan Barry. Copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr. Production copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr.